The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining from sunny Dallas, my home base, We're here for another great conversation about the world of work and how we can more meaningfully and productively connect to it. I'll get to my guest in just a moment, but first, let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you don't know them, Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find the work close to home. Great partnership. Thanks, Jobbing.com. So for this week's conversation with me is Leslie Hasler, is, who is the owner of Your Biz Rules, which teaches women business owners how to grow their business to be produ- profitable, sustainable, and rewarding. Sounds like a good combo to me. Um, as a business growth coach, Leslie helps smart service-based businesses across industries avoid the pitfalls and distractions of business to grow into six and multiple six-figure businesses, all without having to sacrifice their personal resources. Leslie, as a small business owner myself, I can't wait to see what you have to say. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have a great time together. I think so, too, and I'm going to extract as much as I can out of you in the time we have for for, for me and for our listeners. Good, because i got a lot to share. (laughs) Okay, good. We'll talk fast then. Um, So I always want to know about your your professional background. Before you started your business, your biz rules, um, what did you do? Well, you know, I am lucky enough that this is my second business. I actually have been an entrepreneur for going on nine years now. And my first business was a high-end interior design business, which everyone usually goes, oh, how fun. And there were some fun parts to it, but there were a lot of, it was a lot of work. (laughs) And a lot of um, really being available to your clients. And uh, in a lot of ways, I was kind of owned by the business. I didn't really own the business. And I think some, uh, some of our listeners can identify that with that. And I just, I felt like a slave to my business. You know, I didn't feel like I could take off time for vacations. I you know, barely felt like I could take off time to eat dinner. And I had two small kids. And um, I had this thought, and I have to actually tell you a little bit about my childhood here, but, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs, and I didn't didn't think much of it as a child. Uh, you know, they would kind of bounce back between having a business and having a job and having a business and have a job. And they had this one company that, um, or one business that was doing well for us. It was, you know, we could go splurge at McDonald's. We could go take a road trip, some things that um, our family had never been able to do. And through, you know, just 
life, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, they had an accountant embezzle twenty grand in sales tax money. Oh, jeez. And I'm not sure the entire specifics of it, but it, it basically financially bankrupt our family. And everything that went wrong afterwards um, was very colorful. Should you know, should be on a Maury Povich. I don't even think he has a show anymore, but it's worthy of that. And I remember as a kid thinking, you know, I'm never going to go into business for myself because I don't want it to hurt my family like I've seen this hurt my family. And that's important to know because that was, you know, when I did get into business and I kind of said I was an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't plan on opening up a business. I hadn't, you know, it wasn't like it was a lifelong dream. It was a found out on Wednesday that come Monday I wasn't going to have a job. And I really wanted to continue doing interior design at that time and opened up my own business. And we, we were profitable. We, you know, we got in, um, we busted through the six-figure mark probably in seven months. Um, and it was a multiple six-figure business. But I always felt trapped. And I had that moment probably about four years into the business of just going, oh, my gosh, I just traded my family for a company, for a business that I don't even like. Oh. You know, wow. And it, that kind of set the journey and, and really led me down the path to your biz roles. Uh, it did take a couple of years of, of some soul searching and praying and, and uh, listening to God, what he was telling me, because I kept telling him he was smoking crack. I was like, you're crazy. I'm not going to do coaching. What? Um, but, you know, this is really my playground. And everything that was broken in my old business, be it from cash flow coming in, from profitability, from how hard I worked and how many hours I worked. You know, I had staff. I had staff of four, and I was still working 80-hour work weeks. All of those things that I didn't like in my business, um, I basically started breaking it down and really creating a business that gave me everything that I wanted, no matter how ridiculous it might feel like for me to want it. And that's really that the intention behind your biz rules is to be that business for myself that affords me um, the ability to live my life. So that's what I like to help other businesses do. I am a growth specialist. I get growth like you wouldn't believe, and, and it's really, really easy when you keep it simple. Um, but I do it in such a way that you're actually gaining your life back as a, as a matter of course. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff and, and why people get trapped in their business and why they feel like they're busy but they're not getting anything done, um, a lot of different things today. So I don't want to spoil it, but that's kind of the, that's the journey. Okay. Well, I can relate to, um, I don't think I was an accidental entrepreneur, but I certainly can relate to that. I, 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 I want to get into this, the, the next question here that I wanted to be sure and ask you, and, and then I'll maybe chime in on what my journey was. But what do you think drives women to get into business for themselves? Why, why do we do this? You know, there's a couple of reasons we do this. And I think a lot of it, you know, as women as a whole, we have a hard time with the money aspect of business. So generally there's a service that is really um, behind the, the, the first impetus to be able to get into business is there's, a, there's either um, a desire to serve or the desire to share, and it morphs itself into a business. Now, when we've got the business centers that where profitability and cash flow are a must, right, we're either replacing a corporate income or we just want to have a financial contribution to our family, you know, we're probably 
I say we, I, you know, our generation and most of the women that are living, are listening today, no matter if you're my generation, your generation, we were just raised in a contribution of work, you know, a contribution of being able to be independent and have financial independence. And what I find is, especially for um, my clients that are married and have families and, and things of that nature, is there's just a desire to make a financial contribution. They may not be... Um, uh, 100% reliable, relied on their salary, but it's their salary that's paying for all the little extras. It's their salaries that pay for the vacations and the summer camps and the, you know, the new cars and, and new phones and all of those things. So it just affords them a level of freedom. So I think above all, when we're looking at going into business, that freedom aspect is really attractive. Um, you know, the ability that you feel like you can control your destiny and you can, you know, be the master of, of whatever it is that you want to be a master. But above all, for women, it's this service and being able to, you know, make a contribution in the world. Mm. Well, I can relate to some of the things that you said there, but I got into business for myself about 13 years ago and when my daughter was, was first born. And it was the deal where I had been working, of course, and at the time I was, I was married to somebody who literally traveled 100% of the time. And as a as a consultant, and I was just like, wow, you know, well, somebody kind of has to be home base, and I think that's going to be me. And yeah. and I thought I didn't I didn't want to um, leave the workforce. It was important for my for my sense of purpose and identity and um, just sense of agency to work. And so I kind of crafted um, the beginning of really what's become what I do today, which is really human human capital consulting. And over the years, of course, it's been refined and focused, et cetera. But the impetus, and, and that's really why I've stayed self-employed, is because you're right, I, that, that flexibility of schedule, the freedom, um, has really been what I've needed to kind of make all the rest of my life work. Mm, exactly. Um, and, you know, that freedom, it comes back to the freedom, the freedom to have more time to be where you need to be uh, when you need to be there. That's kind of my definition of presence, you know, that... And you have to have presence to make this all work, and that just means being 100% wherever you are when you need to be there and, and giving it you're all not worried about if you're with your family, not worried about if you're what you should be doing in your business. If you're in your business, not worrying about you should be with your family. I mean, that kind of guilt that seems to go along with women in business um, isn't necessary if you are just really super clear on what you're doing and how you're structuring your day. Um, so the freedom, yeah, that's, that's a great, it's a great reason to stay in business because it does give you an amazing amount of freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I find certainly, and, 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 and that maybe this will come here when I ask you, I wanted to talk about the kind of mistakes that we see women make when they start and grow their businesses. But I think certainly in, in that freedom too is I think, I, I think learning how to focus on this stuff that is really going to give you the ROI for those areas that you're looking for, I think is such an opportunity that many of us probably can forever improve upon. But um, I'll be curious to see what, what kinds of mistakes do you see women making as they, as they start and grow their businesses? I will say first off, um, we're not always planning from pro- for profit from the beginning. Uh, when you do, you know, you're setting up this business and you're determining your rates and you, you're trying to figure out what you're going to charge and how you're going to charge and all these nice fun things, there's not enough work that goes into that. And one of the biggest mistakes I see people do is charging what the competition charges. That assumes mm. the competition's profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not, you know, most people don't 
lift up in the engine of their business and show you its profitability. Um, and when we make these assumptions and we don't do something that's specifically geared to your business, your lifestyle, your goals, how you're going to do the work, all of those factors, we shortchange ourselves. And, you know, I've just, let me give you an example. So um, recently brought on a client landscaping business and they grew $100,000 over last year. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, because profitability isn't a consideration at the beginning, what they didn't understand is they lost 20% of their gross profit. Mm. So they were doing more work for less pay. Ick. That's not how we want to do it. No. Who wants that? That's not fun. It's not fun (laughs) at all. Um, But if you're not looking at profitability at the right time from the beginning, like how can you be profitable on one client? Because if we're if we're in a service-based business, if you're in product, you, you can do volume, right? But in service-based, you're always limited by your time. And so if you base this model on such a high, high volume, you're going to kill yourself in the process of just mm-hmm. trying to get it all done. So you got to start with profit is the number one um, thing you need to start on. And here's what I will say is... Um, Every industry has a different ideal profit margin. You just need to find the right one for you. And if it's 10% and the rest of your competition settles for 1%, who cares, right? It's better for you. You can do more in your life. You can give more. You can employ more. You can do so many more things when you have profitable profit because when one of the biggest strains that you can put onto a business, and you know this, is cash. If there's not cash in the bank to pay for the things that you need to pay for, it puts an amazing amount of stress on the business center. And you can only handle that stress for so long before you break down or, you know, close the shop. And if we're not putting that first, then we're not really setting ourselves up for success in that. Um, The second thing I think really what mistakes that we see women do is we're trying to do it all. I I liken this to we're trying to be Wonder Woman or Supergirl, right, Superwoman, and we're trying to fly all around, save everyone's crisis, prove that we're, you know, we can do it all, and, and in the process there's not a whole lot left over. If you're so encompassed in doing the work in your business, you never have the time to actually grow your business. So you have to find that, that right moment to bring people on. Now, you should definitely, you know, hire slow, fire fast, that kind of mentality, but you have to make a plan for this. You know, we were, we were chit-chatting a little bit uh, before the show. It's when I designed this business, because I've had staff, I know I don't, I'm not really wanting staff at this moment, but I want support in doing the things that really aren't my sweet spot. They're not how I make impact in my client's life, and they're not really how I make money in my business, but they're tasks that need to be done. So having, you know, a VA, I have a VA, and I've had her for two and a half years. She's awesome. Having a VA that can support me in that makes good logical sense so that I can focus on doing growth of the business, not just doing the work. So you've got to get to this little happy medium where you're, you're giving away things as you grow your business because you have to make room. You can't just keep adding things onto our plate. So a lot of times with women, we, just, we kind of like belly up to that buffet and have a you know, six-inch plate 
trying to fit 12 inches of food on it. And it's just, it's not fair. It doesn't set you up for success. So we want to be successful in business. We want to feel good about the job that we're doing in our business. We want to make money in our business so that we can do other things. And so, you know, profit and really this whole concept of, I call it the corporate concept of being busy. You know, in corporate world, if you're, you weren't, you weren't a valuable employee if, unless you were busy, right? Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship isn't about busy. It's about effectiveness. Uh-huh. So um, you really got to keep those two things, two things in mind. Um, yeah, I would get, it's, there's so many missteps that you could make, but I will say for the most part, you can grow your business. You can do a lot in your business by yourself, but you will hit that ceiling. And you, when you hit that ceiling, you're going to need to put systems and processes in place. You're going to need to delegate some tasks. You have to basically reshape your business about every two or three growth levels mm. in order to be able to continue to grow. That makes a lot of sense. And I can certainly certainly say, and I, I was listening for what you were going to say for mistakes and to see which ones and how many of them have I been making. And and that's one of, one of them for sure, big time. Um, trying to do too many things on my own without delegation and finding additional resources. So I can uh, terribly appreciate that. Um, we have just a couple minutes before we go into our next break. Are there any additional mistakes that you want to be sure and showcase and call out? You know, I'm going to, i was been talking about this with my community on my newsletter, is be careful of the story you're telling yourself. Mm. Um, a lot of times we'll, we, especially when it's absolute, like it would never work, this doesn't happen, nobody else does this, anything in there, be careful of the story that you're telling yourself because oftentimes it's a lie. Um, it's just that you haven't seen it done another way. And so I, I, I caution people from believing that it can't happen. So, for instance, in the interior design business, I fully believed at that time that there was nothing I could do, that this was just the way interior design was. Mm. And that if I was going to be in this business, then I just had to put up with it and deal with the fact that I would have a client call me at 11 o'clock at night over a paint color. You know, it's, that was the lie. That was the story I was telling myself. I when recognize that, that language, Leslie, from, you know, I use that a lot in crucial conversation training. So um, perfectly queued up for, for our first break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with, with Leslie Hasler, who is the owner of Your Biz Rules, which teaches women business owners how to grow their businesses to be more profitable, sustainable, and rewarding. We've been talking about, about her journey getting into the field and some of the mistakes women make. After the break, we're going to learn more about challenges and how we can become better entrepreneurs. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Leslie Hasler, who is the owner of Your Biz Rules, which teaches women business owners how to grow their business to be profitable, sustainable, and rewarding. Sounds pretty good to me. As a mother of two wild and crazy boys, as she likes to say, and wife of her soulmate of 16 years, Leslie understands that creating a healthy, profitable business is key to supporting the lifestyle and the health of her family. She joins us today from Dallas. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So let's pick where we we left off, Miss Leslie. We were talking about the mistakes that a lot of women make, including me, before the break. And now I kind of wanted to hear about some of the challenges we face as we try to grow our businesses. Well, and, you know, I'll start off with first is I see too many people kind of doing the hope and a prayer method to growing your business. Mm -hmm. And you need a plan. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't even have to be big. But you need a plan. And this plan is going to tell you a couple of things. It's going to give you, you know, obviously your roadmap, but it also just gives you a chance to kind of do some risk mitigation and say, what if this doesn't go well? How do I course correct? What If I do grow here, what does that mean I need? And so it puts you in a much more um, proactive position into your business versus a reactive position. We mm-hmm. don't want to be in reactive. It, we never make the best decisions when we're reacting. We want proactive. We want planning. We want to know where we're going and, you know, have a roadmap to get there. So I would say that's, you know, definitely a challenge. The other challenge that I find women entrepreneurs is really about knowing your numbers. And this is more than just a profit and loss. This is more than just a balance sheet. It's looking at your business and with some key indicators that show you business health. It is one of the tools that I use with my clients the very first moment we start working together because it shows me if there's something broken in their business and if that there are certain pieces broken in their business and I flood their business with new clients and new work and all of this stuff, I will actually put them out of business. So we have to really get those key numbers. I mean, we talked about profitability, um, you know, your cost of acquisition, if you're marketing. There, there are seven different numbers you really have to just pay attention to. And they, they kind of represent like a temperature, taking your business's temperature. So we want to know that. And then above all, you mentioned it um, earlier on when we were talking about, you know, your business has evolved. Your business needs to evolve. You need to constantly be up-leveling your clients, constantly you know, charging for the value that you're providing to your clients. All of those things is really how you refine the business and have the money to do it 
um, as you go along. So those are kind of three different challenges, you know, that you can still face when you're trying to grow your business. Oh, my gosh. I so can appreciate what you just said there when, when I was thinking over the last 13 years of how I began where I am today and just really where I want to be in the future. It's just, you know, there's a it's, there's a very interesting um, continuum there. And, and it's lovely to see where I've come from, but there's so much more that I want to do. So I really appreciate that very crisp assessment. Um, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, this is kind of a, a broad question, but, you know, as I mentioned, I was looking to get as much out of this as I can from from you as as my listeners do. But so how can we become better women entrepreneurs? What what can we do? What should we be doing? We, sh- we should be doing a, several different things. Um, the first thing is recognizing where you are in your entrepreneurial path. You know, there's four stages that I talk about with my clients. The first stage is that worker stage. So you've opened your business. You're probably a startup. Um, but you're doing all the work in there. Uh, when you're doing all the work, you also cap your ability to earn. So you, you hit a ceiling there. If you, I kind of, this, if I give you a visual here, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. And this is the whole concept of you gotta go chase your work, then you do the work, then you gotta chase the work and you do the work. And you're kind of constantly going up and down and up and down. And your bank account is too. Like there's no stability because you're the only one doing it all, right? You don't have any systems in place. You don't have any um, outside help to support you. You probably don't have a marketing engine that's really developing clients on a more ongoing basis. And so it's very erratic. Now, this is the stage I see businesses get stuck in the longest. <laughs> and this is, it is okay if you are here, but it is not okay for you to stay. You know, this is a stepping stone. The next kind of level of entrepreneur is that employer. And I say employer over manager or leader because we all know we could hire somebody well before we are good at leading or managing them. So the employer stage, though, for a lot of people, if you get stuck in this stage too long, starts to feel like that merry-go-round that won't stop and that you can't get off. And so you are constantly, you know, feeling like you're running around in circles, you're putting out fires, you're dealing with HR issues, and now because you have other people to do the work, you're not doing the work. And so you might even be questioning, you know, your value in the company. It's really normal that once you start to let go of the work that you start to feel a little less valuable in your business because you've placed so much value on the quality of work that you do. And a lot of times in this stage, you'll get the people that are like, well, nobody can do it like I can do it. You know, no, there's nobody that can do it. Um, I, I've only had bad hires. You know, that's kind of the story we tell ourselves in that stage. What we want to do is get up to the next level and become that entrepreneur. Now, the biggest difference between these two things is you got to realize that a worker places their value on the work, right, doing the work, but an entrepreneur places their value on growing the business. It's a completely different mindset shift. So you have to, as you're going through the evolution of your business, recognize where you are to understand who you need to be so that you can have the business that you want to have. Now, an entrepreneur is going to look at things like investing, you know, expenditures, investments. Um, I'm, I'm talking about four different companies to take over my social media, right, for take it off my plate, hand it off. I'm making an investment in my business to give that to somebody who's, that's their wheelhouse and they are experts at it so I can go do another part of growth in my business that I want to do. 
that's an entrepreneurial mindset. But having to hold on to everything tightly is kind of that worker mindset. So you just need to see that each step gets you the ability to grow your business and have a greater income. But you need to understand where you are and then where you need to go. So it's that the mindset um, is almost the biggest problem that anybody will have. Anybody will have. It would be mindset. So if you are going to work on becoming a better entrepreneur, I want you to work on becoming a better you, a better version of you. You know, I have a slide that I share sometimes um, when I'm speaking, and it, it, it's like it's not about getting the best of your clients. It's not about getting the best of your competition. It's about getting the best of you. And so if something's not working in the business, realize that it's coming from you, and you've got to improve yourself first so that then it will, it can be fixed or it will fix itself. So okay. I, I can really, going. sorry, Lizzie, go ahead. Oh, I would just say the, the mindset, you always have to be working on the mindset. Mm-hmm. I love that, of course. I think mindset is so incredibly powerful. How we frame our experience of life, of work, of reality is everything and mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you're saying there I think that's such an important thing to call out and and to challenge our own as- assumptions as, as you were saying before huge really huge so I, I think that's a great thing for our listeners to hear as well um, well you know you've been you've had a you've had a chance to work with a lot of different kinds of people over the years and in all different kinds of injuries and industries and such what are maybe some of the possibilities that you see for women entrepreneurs out there I think the possibilities are endless, and I love to uh, share this quote from Gandhi where he's like, the fate of the world rests upon the Western woman. <laughs> I like it, too. That sounds good to me. It does sound good, doesn't it? And I really do think that as, I mean, if you just look at purchasing power, if you look at size of population, you look at so many of the things that are going out there, we have the ability to be great, and to step into our own individual greatness and show the world how business can be done. But it doesn't have to be, you know, negative. It doesn't have to be about scarcity. It doesn't have to be about, like we're saying, getting the best of somebody else. It can actually be a very positive experience where we can lift each other up. You know, one of my missions is, for especially for my clients, you know, I can work with one client or, you know, Six clients is normally what my, my high load would be. I can work with them really, really deeply. And it's my intent to fill their cups so full that it runs over and that they can fill other people's cups because that's really about talking about legacy, isn't it? I mean, mm. you, you, what we're doing today is, is great, but what I'm after is legacy and really showing impact and and changing the world and changing the way women do business and understanding that the rules that were written by men a long time ago don't have to be our rules. You don't have to have business that way. You can determine every rule in your business and have it support you to a T, the values, the ethics, how you do business, how you treat clients, all of that is available for you to write. You just have to take it. And step into it. So, I, I, you know, I'm passionate about really helping people climb those ladders and you know become those entrepreneurs, and so they can become investors and they can pay it forward because that's really what we could do. You know, statistically, if I just go facts and figures, when you look at the small business economy, and it's a massive economy, and 
small business really is everything from that solopreneur on up to the 500 employee corporation. So it's a big, big chunk of the pie. But 75% of this economy right now are solopreneurs or micro businesses. So maybe five employees and under. That's 75%. It represents something like 18 million businesses. It's huge. Now, what we've got going on right now is that we have a lot more businesses leaving, shutting doors than entering into space. And it doesn't always feel that way, but it's one of the first times that we're actually seeing that shift of more businesses leaving than starting. When you look at things like unemployment, when you look at quality jobs, and we all know that the quality jobs, we hear it on the news all day long, they're decreasing, they're decreasing. The people that have the ability to impact that are, is us. We're the people that have the ability to do that. If each of those 18 million businesses hired one person, what would it, how would that impact our economy? See, it's a, it doesn't take these big leaps. It doesn't take this, you know, uh, miracle wonder to impact change. It takes one little thing, but we're not doing it. We're too busy. We've got other things to do. It doesn't. You know what I? Go ahead. What I appreciate about what you're saying so much is that what when and I love to ask that question of possibilities because it gets beyond the day to day of what we do for our clients and it gets us thinking about why we do what we do and what could we do for 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 I love of course legacy and impact. So I really appreciate you sharing this part with us because I think sometimes we get so busy and bogged down in the details of running our business that we forget about those possibilities. Yes. Definitely. And that's you know, that's why you have to lift yourself up. You've got to be able to to be in the forest and see the trees, and then you need to be able to pull yourself up 50,000 feet so you can see the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> well, I, I've been really curious. I know when we first talked, Leslie, about by phone, when we first got acquainted, you, you mentioned, and I think it's on your website too, that you work with seven main pillars. What are they? Well, let me tell you what they are. And here's what's fun about my business. Um, this is my playground. This is, this is where I get a tremendous amount of joy. There are seven pillars that I really work on with my clients. Now, typically people come in through one or two ways, but it's all um, it's fun for me because I can start in any of the seven pillars and work our way around, so to speak. And if you think about it, these pillars are really about good foundations. Um, my best if I'm doing my job right, I'm working myself out of a job, right? I'm, I'm graduating my clients. And so we go through these pillars to build a good foundation to essentially work myself out of a position <laughs> or out of a client with that. So that's good. So let's go, let's go with those are. Obviously, some of these are really obvious. So sales, that's an obvious one for most people. And marketing is the second one. So those typically are where people come in first is in those areas. Then we have team leverage, and that is really about the people that are supporting you. And I say team because it doesn't necessarily have to be employees. You can do uh, what's called micro-temporary costs, MTCs, where you're using other small businesses to fulfill a short-term task or need that you have or even support you you know, long-term, like my VA. She has her own business. She, I'm one of maybe six clients that she supports, but she's part of my team. So you need to leverage people to the best of your ability to really be able to, to grow. The next part is time management. Um, we were talking about freedom and time at the beginning of the, of the show. 
we have got to get past this busy mentality. We have to understand that just because we're corporate works eight to five doesn't mean you work eight to five. Um, it's not a rule that really is is a must in business. So I think you can run a business on as little as 20 hours a week if you're effective. I know a lot of times when I tell business owners that, they're like, there's just no way. And I was like, okay, <laughs> just pick a number. I don't really care what your number is. But how many hours a week would you like to work? Have you ever thought of that? I mean, starting off with going, I only want to work 30 hours a week. Mm. How, you know, how freeing is that? And then you build the business to support it. It can be done. But time management, especially for women, we've got too many hats that we're wearing. We've got to get control of the time. Um, the fifth one is about price and profit. And I, I kind of talked a little bit about that, but, you know, profit's got to be a mainstay. It's got to be a component in there. And then we're into process and system creation. Now, you and I were talking, you know, how do we get leverage uh, in a small business, especially if you're maybe a one-person or a two-person shop? Systems and process is how you get that. When you make things repeatable, when you've documented it, it doesn't have to be hard. In fact, I don't like pretty documents when it comes to systems and processes because when they're pretty, we don't think we can change them. These need to be evolving kind of documents. This is something for me, um, anytime I take on something new in my business, I tend to like to do it first myself because I want to know it. And then when I know it, I write up a little process for it, screenshots and everything, and I send it to my VA or I find another business that can take it, take it over for me. And I'm, I've set my standards through these systems and processes. So no matter who's doing the work for me, it's all consistent. It all looks like me. And most people, it's funny, most people look at my business and they feel like it's a much bigger business from an employee standpoint um, than it really is. And it's not. It's lean. But I'm able to do lean because of systems and processes. Without that, it, it, it kind of gets, um, that's, a, that's a big one for, I would say, especially if you're like in the half a million dollar range of a business and you're wanting to grow um, to you know, three quarters or if you're like at 350 and you need to get into half a million and you're hitting your head against the wall, that process and system is probably exactly where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is cash flow. And I know, you know, several of these have to deal with the money side of things, but I am amazed with how many business centers do not know what their cash flow looks like for the next year. If you don't know, if you think about this, you wouldn't go get on a freeway, drive 70 miles an hour, and close your eyes, would you? I hope not. (laughs) You would hope not. I mean, if you think about it, what would happen? Car crashes, accidents. You run out of gas eventually, too, right? There's that. You run out of gas eventually. That's what it's like when you don't have a cash flow report. You're essentially driving down the freeway at 70 miles an hour with your eyes closed. Now, imagine if you had a tool that showed you, you know what, you're going to have a dip in income in four months. What could you do knowing that that dip was coming? Hmm. Perfect. I mean, I I completely relate to that. and I think it's so important. Um, We're up for a quick break here already, Leslie. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Leslie Hasler, who is the owner of Your Biz Rules. She teaches women business owners how to grow their businesses to be profitable, sustainable, and rewarding. After the break, we're going to learn a little bit more about how she works with her clients and how she measures results and maybe share a few stories. Stay with us. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to Elise. A-L-I-S-E at EliseCortez.com Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Leslie Hasler, who is the owner of Your Biz Rules, and she teaches women business owners how to grow their businesses to be profitable, sustainable, and rewarding. As a mother of two wild and crazy boys and a wife to her soulmate of 16 years, Leslie understands that creating a healthy, profitable business is key to supporting the lifestyle and health of her family. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas, like me. We've been talking a bit about her seven pillars, which were quite interesting. I think that's a great way to, to be able to coach your, your, your clients. Um, from here, Leslie, I'd like to hear how it is you do work with your clients. What's the process? What do you do? Well, in, like I said, um, my clients come in in one of those pillars, and we, we always go for the biggest problem first and the, the low-hanging fruit so we can get some results in. Um, but really, I think one of the things that makes me different from other coaches is, number one, I was an entrepreneur before I was a coach, so I coach as an entrepreneur. You know, I'm looking at the entire health of a business, not just one of those segments. The other part is, is I fully believe in... Um, you show someone, you teach somebody to fish, you show them to fish, and then you let them fish. You know, there's, it's not this component of, well, you need to go do X and then no help. 
in there. So I really partner with a lot of my clients. And with the way it typically works, if we're working one-on-one, it means we're really intense at the beginning of our, of our time together. And then as we transition and as you grow and as I've taught you things, you start taking over more and you're, you start needing me less. And that's really, like I said, my goal. That's how we know we're doing a good job is when that occurs. Now, what there's three ways that I can work with somebody. Um, I have a year-long one-to-one program, and that might sound long, but most people didn't create the problems in their business overnight. <laughs> so it takes a little time to undo them and to do them in a healthy way, right? We're not, we don't want to crash the business. We don't want to dry up your cash flow. We, you know, we don't want any sudden rifts and earthquakes to happen. We want to do this in a very controlled and sustained way. And that just takes time. I do offer group programs. My favorite one's the two-week business fix, where I really help dive in and get your numbers and your marketing straight so that you can go out and be profitable. And then I also have, for especially for startups and uh, people who maybe not, don't have the ability to make investments, is the uh, six, Easy Six Figure Business Club. So that's a very kind of drip kind of modules. There's uh, six modules and four pieces to every module, and you get once a, month, once a week, and you, you're able to work your way through the process so that you get all these pillars in place for yourself. Um, but that's, that's kind of it. But, you know, I work virtually. I've had clients East Coast, West Coast, Dallas, in and between, um, as well as working, you know, in real life with people, too. And how do you know that your stuff is working? How do, how do you know besides them saying, oh, Leslie, I feel fantastic and I feel so much better? I mean, how do you know? We track. You know, most, most people aren't tracking the right things in their business. So there's, a, that, there's the seven numbers I told you about earlier. You know, they're leads, there's your conversion, it's your average sale, how often your clients purchase from you, what your overall um, profitability is, as well as what's the value of your client for the lifetime that they're with you, and then what does it cost you to bring a new client in the door. We start off measuring that first. That's, those mm. are the seven numbers. That's why I have to do it then, because I need to give a benchmark. I think one of the, the worst things we can do is try to compare ourselves to so many other people when we've never established our own personal benchmarks. So there are numbers you want to see increase, and there's numbers you want to see decrease, and we're using that kind of as our guidepost. And I will take those seven numbers, and we'll sit down with my clients, and we basically do a numbers plan. Like, what is our goal to get for leads? What are What is our goal to have in our conversion percentage? What's our goal, um, you know, for average sale? You notice I'm not talking client to revenue. That's what mm-hmm. most people think it's about. Mm-hmm. But it's not because it's leads times your conversion produces a client. Okay, that makes sense? interesting. Yeah, it sure does. I like that. So when we break the business down in these this kind of these seven figures, and if you think about the first five, and I know I rattled them off, but basically if you had a 1% increase in each of those numbers, you would get a 15% increase to the bottom line. That's mm, how we make sounds it. Sounds good. Easy. Yeah. But we have to benchmark it, and then we have to track it. So my clients know at the end of the month, I'm like, <laughs> depending on what we're, what we're working on, I have one client, I'm like, I need to see... I need to see your patient count, your your appointments, and your new your new clients. I need I need a report so we can take a look at things. And it's amazing, um, I, you know, working with a wellness center, medical office right now, and I gave them the little percent change 
formula and had them plug in where they were and had them plug in where they are, and they had a 235% increase in four months. Mm. Mm. That's, that's how we know. Because at the end of the day, yes, my clients feel better. They feel calmer. They're happier. Um, you know, they have that more freedom. But the proof is in the pudding because I pay for myself over and over. That's how I know I've done a good job is when you've gotten a five to ten times return on investment just from working with me. Wow, that's fantastic. I'm glad I asked that question. That is really cool. That's very powerful, Leslie. That's very powerful. You certainly got my attention. Um, (laughs) Makes me realize some of the things I'm not doing. So this is good. Thank you. You're welcome. And you know what? Just start, if you've got anything you want to improve, just start tracking. You almost naturally will get a 10% increase because you're becoming Mm -hmm. aware of it. You're increasing Mm -hmm. your consciousness of it. So just track. I love that. I I can totally do that. Okay. It's easy. Okay. Um, Well, can you share maybe some of the advice you give to your clients? I mean, it's quite interesting to kind of even get to some of the examples that you've already given us so far, but is there some advice that you normally give to people? I think, um, you know, there's lots of technical advice and, and choices when you're, it depends on marketing and understanding the message and what's working, what's not working. But I think the bigger, like if I could leave you with a, a big kind of nugget there, it is um, this concept of yes and no's in business. And I like to keep it simple. Every business that's simple is profitable. If you think about Amazon, they started out doing one thing. They grew and they added over time, but for the longest time, they did one thing. Do one thing. Do it exceedingly well and then add on. Okay. Too many times people are trying to do, you know, I, I, I do this and then I do that or I could do this. And we're trying to be the chief cook and bottle washer for everyone. And you're, you, don't, you don't master any of them. So this, you've got to learn that for every time you say yes to something, yes to adding on, um, yes to a client, yes to doing this service that you don't really do, but because your client's asking you, you do it kind of thing. You need to have this conscious effort that that means you've said no to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're saying no to our personal well-being in there, but you might be saying no to a, an awesome opportunity because you're so tied up over here. You just have to be conscious about what you're saying yes to and, you know, understand that every yes has a cost. And being very, uh, you alluded this uh, to it in a little bit, um, you know, with what you're doing in your business, you're kicking up a lot of dust and you're having to make some choices. Well, you, you got to make choices in this business. And the longer you wait to make a choice, the more you're robbing yourself of an opportunity. And that's one of the time demons I talk about when it's time management is procrastination. You'll do better to take a good educated guess, learn from it, and move on than you will if you sit there and hem and haw and try to make it perfect and worry about what's going to happen and all of those things. So I guess that decision-making process is just such a key component of successful entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that, but it kind of goes back to the mindset, too. I mean, I just, I'm so, one of the things that I've been really thinking about a lot lately is just the importance of, for me anyway, um, the importance of really being focused and determined and persistent, really being very clear in my mind, what is it that I want? What am I going for? Mm-hmm. Um, that really, and that's back to the mindset thing. For me, I find that when I'm, when I can be 
strong and crisp in that way, then I'm, I'm at my best. You are. And you know what? You see the opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't think people understand is the opportunity that you've been looking for and hoping would show up at your doorstep is standing right in front of you. But if you're not focused, if you're not, you know, adhering to the purpose and the goals and, and the plan and things like that, you'll never see them. It's like you get blinders on. So, I mean, that's focus is, is one of those kind of concepts that has to be done, and it's a time management concept. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that's a perfect example. Yeah, it works for it, it's working for me, and of course, I want it to work even more. But um, I'm looking at the clock here, and I realize we're, we've only got just a couple minutes left already, Leslie. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to, can you give us maybe just maybe you know two minutes or less um, an example maybe of a client success you've had? Yeah, you know, um, I have a lot that I can share, but let me see if I can pull the one that I I love the most. I haven't talked about uh, my client, Kim. I've kind of talked about a few of my other clients so far. But, you know, Kim was one of those people that has been an entrepreneur for a long time, um, had the ups and downs in her business, so she was kind of feeling burned, you know, burned, being burned was one of her stories that she told herself, but she knew she could have, you know, a much bigger business. But one of the things she had to do in order to do that was hire a team, put in processes, right, so that she could leverage herself, so that she could do more projects or bigger projects and have the support to do. And when I first met Kim, was at a conference, and I, I caught, she caught my eye because she kept having to get up out of the middle of the conference and go take a phone call. You know, you've, we've all seen those people that are taking the phone calls and walking out. She did it literally like seven times in one hour. And I was like, oh, my good night. She can't even be in this room because her business, she's a slave in her business. So we put the things in place. It took us about 18 months, but we put in team in place. We put in process in place. We put in documentation, things to make it easy, things to, work, you know, kind of settle her fears about having somebody else do things, all of those those elements. And she was like, I've never been positioned to grow my business to the level that I've wanted to grow grow it to as I am right now. And that's really it is. It's like it's the freedom for you to grow your business wherever you need it to grow, wherever you want it to grow. And we all have different goals there. So if I can support my clients in that way, I've done a great job. Wow. Wonderful. Um, well, maybe, and the last thing here, I'd like to be able to give my, my guests the last word, if you will, and maybe say maybe 30 seconds or so. Um, I mean, this show is all about connecting meaningfully to work. So what kind of final pearls of wisdom do you have? I will say that um, be intentional in the business that you're creating. Don't let somebody else choose it for you. At the end of the day, it's your baby, um, and it can give you everything that you want it to do to give you, but you have to choose it. You have to be intentional with it, and then you have to protect it. So go Mama Bear, get your 10 boundaries in line, you know, from everything, how, how frequently you want to work to who you want to work with and how we treat each other, all of those things, just write it down. It doesn't have to be complicated, but you do need to define it. And if you do that, you will have a business that you've built intentional and that serves your purpose, and that's what it's all about. Great way to finish, Leslie. Wonderful way to finish. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to hear your wisdom. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about Leslie Hasler and her business, go to her website, which is Your Biz Rules. So it's it's your, Y-O-U-R, 
Biz, B-I-Z, Rules, R-U-L-E-S. Join us next week as well. We'll be on the air with Dustin Marshall, who is the CEO of Hazel Shots here in Dallas, but he's also running for a Dallas ISD trustee role. And that's the, that's a non-paid deal. He is totally working on purpose. So we'll see you next week. Remember that work is one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.